0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.
1: This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him!
0: Fear! Safety
1: checklist is complete!
0: Disgust!
1: Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh
0: no! Hello! I'm anxiety i'm one of riley's new
1: emotions disney and pixar's inside out too there's a part two we're going ready pg parental guidance suggested only theaters friday get tickets now we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs
0: What's up everybody welcome to another episode of lead singer syndrome as always I am your host Shane told and this podcast is all about me talking to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a professional touring rock band right now I'm on tour in Europe with Silverstein just having the best time. We decided on this tour we were going to spend a lot more time, you know, actually seeing stuff, going to some landmarks, checking out some beaches, you know, whatever there is to do in some of these amazing cities. It's amazing, you know, like you tour all over the world like I do. And it's amazing how little time you really have just with things like the sound check and meet and greets and signings and even the show itself. How much time that takes up and it doesn't really leave you with much time, you know, to see the cities. So we decided we'll get up early. I mean, the weather's beautiful here in the summer. You know, we tour Europe so much in the wintertime, and the weather sucks, and you don't really see anything. It's dark early and everything. So this time, we've really, really made it a point to check out some things, and we've just been having the best time. Another awesome thing over here in Europe right now is it's festival season. So we're here doing a bunch of festivals on the weekends, and we run into so many of our old friends, you know, bands we've toured with before. And one of these bands is Being as an Ocean, Now, amazingly, we just toured with them for six weeks, and I was trying to get together with Joel to do the podcast, and it didn't happen. So how random is it that we were able to do the podcast in person while on tour in Europe in Lindau, Germany? Do you not know where Lindau, Germany is? You probably don't, because a lot of people, even German people, don't know where it is. It's actually a beautiful little city tucked away right on the corner of the border of Germany, Austria and Switzerland and it overlooks this beautiful lake it is just an amazing place so we sat down in a the courtyard there's a lot of birds chirping there's some people playing ping pong you can hear it in the background but we had a very real and very honest conversation and it one of my favorite podcasts to date and Joel is just an incredible person before we jump in I want to make sure you guys know how to get in touch real simple email address syndrome at gmail.com also snapchat big it's real big right now if you guys don't have a snapchat go get one i'm on there real shane told also i'm on twitter at lead singer sin s-y-n instagram at lead singer syndrome and as always if you hate my guts if you hate the show give me the hate i love the hate call six five seven six 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 hate h-a-t-e you can leave a message and as I always say, we will roll out some hate line Clips one of these days. Also, if you want to support the show, if you buy things online, if you use Amazon, please use our affiliate link. Again, real easy. If you're going to buy anything on your computer, just go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Takes you right to the Amazon homepage. Login is as normal. And anything you buy, we get 4%. It all adds up. It all makes a difference. And it goes a long way to paying for some of the costs associated with the show also before we jump in if you like the show please just tell a friend tell a friend tell your brother tell your sister whatever anybody that's into music that wants to hear you know passionate conversations about this stuff a lot of this stuff is never talked about a lot of this stuff is talked about only in the backstage dressing rooms after a show after a half dozen beers so I think this is a special show I'm really enjoying doing it if you're enjoying it, please just let's help spread the word. Let's grow this thing. Let's make this thing just even bigger. And the sky's the limit. I really, really believe it. So thanks again, everybody, for the support. We're about six months in now. It's just been amazing. So thank you very much. Here it is, episode 35 with Joel Quartuccio of Being as an Ocean. I'm awake and down. Yeah baby. (laughs) What up? How you doing man? I'm good.
1: I'm here with Joel How do you say your last name? Cortuccio. That's a lot of letters. Yeah. Ten letters. Yes. Make a, a hard sound. Was that difficult for you to learn to spell when you were a little kid? It was funny because I, I learned it right around the same time I learned my home phone number. Just like listening <laughs> to my mom say it over yeah. the phone to everyone. Right. Um, you know, Q-U-A-R-T-U-C-C-I-O. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like,
0: exactly. So, Yeah, I bet that's the kind of thing where like every trophy in your house it has like a different <laughs> Something sort different. of version of the spelling of the name yeah yeah
1: c-o-r-t-u-c-c-o-r-t C-O-R-T? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great man no, we're um we're here in together in lindau germany and it's beautiful on tour together here in europe and it is beautiful we're sitting in this courtyard i think the people will hear the birds chirping they're Probably. quite loud yeah which is fine um
1: yeah so how's the european run been for you guys Good so far. It's awesome, uh, that we get to meet back up, uh, yeah. play these few shows together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything else has been incredible. Uh, did a, a few UK shows, um, before coming over to mainland Europe and then, uh, all the little festivals and well, not little, they're not little. Festivals. No, they're not little. <laughs> they're, no. they're, they're quite, uh, quite the production, but, um, yeah, doing the festival runs and then meeting up with, uh, Some other bands we toured before and stuff like that. So we're looking forward to it.
0: Cool. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, like, I feel like, I guess we can jump in with this because it's something I always wanted to ask you. Like, Mm. being as an ocean, like, you won the APMA for Best Underground Band. Sure. Which is, like, such a. It's such an ironic thing Mm. to win an APMA. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. To be recognized for being underground. For being an underground band. Yeah. By a mainstream, like, publication.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I feel like that's sort of an accurate way your band sort of fits into all this. Oh, cool. Thank to where, you. like, you know, you have this underground vibe and mentality, and, like, you have a lot of... You have a very, like, hardcore fan base mm. that kind of doesn't want the rest of the world to know about you in sure, a way. Sure, But then at the same time, you know, you guys are over here in Europe doing some of these mainstream, you know, festivals. Sure. So I always, like, kind of wonder as, you know, you being so immersed in it as the singer of the band, like... Do you really understand what the perception of your band is and is that something that you guys think about or care about?
1: Um Honestly, I, I think it all kind of just started out of the way we've always tried to play shows and uh yeah. you know, just like any other band, you know, starting out playing, you know, to anywhere from like zero to twenty people, yeah, uh, and just like uh going out in a conversion 8 seater van and and with a hope and a prayer no money and and just hoping to make it to the next venue type thing um and then just trying to uh play every show like it's our last and i think that's kind of um just carried through in our mentality and it's what's made us uh i think continue to really enjoy uh every show um and you know try to make it You know, different or interactive, or that was always a huge thing, too. It's like, uh, I spent a lot of time in the crowd. (laughs) Yeah, I Uh, noticed. Yeah, and, uh, that, that, a lot. I'd say a majority. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like to run around. Um, and I think that kind of came from that environment, too. It was like where, where I had to, like, you know, get 20 people who had never heard of us before, ever, like, into our band immediately. Yes. Um, and I remember going to shows as a kid and, and, you know, just something to do, see my friends. And then, um, the bands that really like captured my attention were the ones that like did weird shit on stage or like, you know, um, like ran around the crowd you know, like tussled people's hair, like <laughs> got, got, got in their space. And I think like, I, I just always kind of attached to that. Yeah. Um, uh, I've never talked about this before in an interview. Uh, so I guess I'll bring it up. But, um, one of the, the real like defining moments in my life was, um, I was at a show when I was a kid, probably 12 years old, um, in my hometown, San Diego and at our local venue is called ground zero. And there was a spoken word artist that played, uh, in between a couple of bands and he was actually like on that tour package. Yep. Um, it reminds me of, like Trey, yeah, Trey, the ruler. Yeah.
0: Um, That's exactly what I was
1: thinking of. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was uh, kind of like that kind of figure, and his name was Bradley Hathaway. Okay, um, he's actually uh, pretty positive. You know, his stuff's on Spotify and all this good stuff. Okay, uh, cool. But when, Bradley Hathaway. Yeah when when I was uh, you know young, I was kind of just like skeptical it was like a little pissed off kid yeah you know like child of divorce and i was fresh and so i was just like trying to find my place and uh (laughs) like just standing on uh the edge of this circle he had made in the floor put his mic stand right in the middle of it and he performed from the floor and i thought that was so cool um by himself you know and he has this poem called the hug poem Uh, that he performed right after his poem called the hardcore poem. And uh, the hardcore poem starts out. It's just like super funny. It's like, I will spin, kick you in the face, everybody back up. (laughs) Just like, um, like just talking about the stereotypical hardcore tough guy. Yes. Um, And then he brought in the hug poem right afterwards. And he, he had already kind of just like captured my attention and he like came up to me and hugged me during the hug poem during like one of the parts. And that always just stuck with me. It was like, I'll never forget Bradley Hathaway because of that moment when I right. was 12 and I needed it. So I, I think that's something that I've always thought of. Um, as a, you alive. basically
0: now being your own Bradley Hathaway. Sure. You know?
1: Yeah. If I'm, if I'm that to someone in any capacity, like I'm wholly honored and grateful for it. Um, uh, but I, I so I know did, did for you myself. feel like
0: like because this guy, this person, was able to kind of talk about both hardcore and hugging like in the same you know yeah. five minute stretch? Is that kind of did that stick with you as like as, as a twelve year old being like, well, these are two um, emotions that I feel, and maybe I can put these together totally, and and that can be a way I can express myself.
1: Absolutely, yes, and uh, seeing, I think seeing him, you know, perform so freely and then be so accepted by the bands that were on the tour. Um, you know, who were like stood around the circle too, watching yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think that really resonated with me that, you know, this person could be wholly himself, be immersed in this scene, um, whatever it was at the time and, you know, still be accepted by everyone. Um, no matter what he talked about, right. like could very well be making fun of some of the guys on the tour. Like, yeah, probably like, like yeah. um, uh, just their, uh, you know, maybe their personification, like their tough guy image or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that was huge in seeing that you can just, Oh my gosh. A spider, like. He, there's a uh, whole spider Shane attacking me. Shane has a spider attacking him right it's like, now? It's like, it's I hanging know.
0: down from a tree. We're under a tree in his courtyard. And <laughs> No, it's okay. It's retreating. I'm not scared of spiders like some people. Some people would flip out. Yeah, it's moving back up the web, and we're safe. Look, I'm literally like a billion <laughs> times bigger than it. What could it do to me? It, Why no, are people scared nothing.
1: of bugs? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Anyways. Wow. <laughs> we really went <laughs> off track that was, a, that was a tangent.
1: Uh, Get out of here, spider. But yeah, um, I think seeing that at such a young age really... Uh, Kind of just like set it in my head. So, what were you doing at a hardcore show when you're 12 years old? Like, there must be some kind of story, sure. Um, you know, of how you got started in that was it an older brother or sister or something like that? Or it's actually, um, my I have an older brother, he's he's 12 years older than me. Um, so he was already kind of you know, an adult doing his own thing, yeah. While I was going through all of this, you know, dealing with my parents' separation, he was still living at home, um, dealing with my parents' divorce in, in his own way, right? Of course, um, and you know, dealing with his own like kind of anger and angst. And so I, I, I didn't really like connect with my brother at that moment about that whole thing. So I, I was searching for, you know, another way. Um, I, you know, I grew up in a, a Christian household and so I pretty much just kind of immersed myself in like youth groups, like not, not just, you know, Maybe for whatever uh, you know, like transcendent thing I might be getting out of it, um, and it was more just about you know community. Like, yeah, I, I had my my world rocked, a few like close friends, but I didn't really have like a core. Um, and uh, I was going to a new middle school, all this different stuff. So I, I was really just searching, and I found that community in this youth group. Um, one of the leaders of the group, uh, his name was Casey and we're, we're still extremely good friends to this day. Um, he was 18 at the time I was, uh, 12, 13 and he kind of just saw me because we talked about this as, as I've grown up. Yep. Um, he saw me and he, he said he saw a lot of himself in me or, or excuse me in him. And, uh, he knew that if he didn't at least try to bring me in, you know, to yeah. some kind of like community, if, if not just like a friendship with him, um, like
0: take, like take you under his wing.
1: Sure. Exactly. Like he, he, he saw the two paths, Yeah, you know, yep. like, and he chose to intervene and, and befriend me. Yeah. So, um, he was the first to take me to a show and it was like his band playing at, at that venue ground zero that I was talking about. Um, and I was hooked. Like he, he he was able to, you know, convince my parents, all this different stuff. Like I remember my mom, uh, coming into my room when I was like 11 playing, (laughs) you know, POD, Fundamental elements of Southtown, and was like, "What is this devil music?" <laughs> and right, yeah, right, and, and um, you know, she just didn't get it at the time. Now, she's like, Amana Martha" is like one of her favorite bands, and she's like, this "Oh, cool, like metalhead and whatever." Uh, but yeah, at the time, um, she was coming out of her own conservatism and just didn't get it. Right. So that kind of you know. Sp- spurred me on a little bit more too, to get into it because you know, it wasn't quite liked by the parents. It was a little bit rebellious. Sure. Yeah. It was, it was a little bit of rebellion with yep. a lot of a uh, community. <laughs> so Great. it's like, um, I started going to shows because I just got so wrapped up in the energy and, and the community that I saw there. Um, and so it was kind of like this little loophole, uh, and, and ground zero was run by, a, you know, a big church. So it was like, right. um, just as like a community center. So I had all these excuses, you know, like I want to go see this, you know, this metal band. Like I saw a job for a cowboy the first time there, uh, in <laughs> yeah. front of like 40 people. So it was like, I had this, this guy's, you know, it was like, I get to go, um, see these crazy bands but it's at a christian venue with my buddy who I met at youth group right. and who's a, like a leader there and all this different stuff. So I, that was my in, you know. Sure. So like that got me in the door and then I was able to uh you know, build friendships with uh granted these older people um so like Casey's whole friend group who he's he was in his bands with and all this different stuff. Um they all kind of did the same and took me under their wing. Uh, You know, treated me like an equal, all that good stuff. Yeah, and I I think that's just what made me latch on—is you know, realizing that community can be achieved in you know dark rooms, loud music playing.
0: Right. Exactly. That's and that's something I think. You know. I hate to say, use the word more normal people but like the average person <laughs> the average person doesn't understand that right. they just see the loudness and the black clothes and you know piercings and, tattoos and, and yeah and sometimes they see violence mm-hmm. and you know so there's a it, it is hard for people to understand so it, it's funny yeah you talk about how you were able to do it in the name of like you were able to do this in the name of like uh, Christianity or religion sure. or something was sure. like what enabled you to do it, which is which is interesting 'cause I know you're still a religious person, it's still important to you. Um so it's kind of funny how yeah. it's you know, still a part of your life. Um and it's funny my, my for me, um and I'm gonna relate this to myself also because I wanna get a little bit back to the whole, you know, you standing in the crowd, you know, at a house of blues. Totally. which is something a lot of bands don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I'm working up to. And, I mean, you, you know, having a sense of community, um, I- you know, in a, you know, youth group and, and, you know, learning about hardcore and all this stuff um, and having the scene of these local bands and stuff in the San Diego area. See, that happened where I grew up too in Toronto. Sure. You know, we had local halls. Some of them were in churches. um, there was there was it was a secular scene for the most part. We didn't really have a lot of Christian bands, and mm-hmm. even the shows in churches they were pretty secular, actually. Sure. Like I remember one time they have in between bands, like a pastor like started speaking, mm. and it got a little awkward, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't that kind of a, a thing. Um, but we still had that sense of community, totally. And I think these days a lot of that is lost. I think mm. a lot of the younger bands coming up are, are from places that didn't have that, but totally. don't have that. Yeah. And they don't really understand what, a, seeing a band in front of 20 people with a singer jumping around or, yeah. as you described, um, Bradley Hathaway is mm-hmm. his name yep. as he, you know, what he did yeah. and that stuff they can't relate to. Sure. So now being his ocean, you know, you guys start, like you said, you used to play in front of like zero to 20 kids mm-hmm. and it grew and it grew and it grew, mm-hmm. but you still kept the same ideology. Right now bringing this to the masses and playing bigger and bigger shows is this something that you're scared of or is this something that you guys embrace like because for a lot of bands like especially you know hardcore bands it becomes there becomes a point when it's not like cool anymore Hmm. you know you get too big and then you're not cool sure and you almost get smaller because you got bigger yeah yeah, 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 so i'm kind of wondering what your take is on that and if
1: it it doesn't matter to you or if you ever think about that um i hadn't I had never really thought of it to that extent. Um, but I think what our, our mindset has always been is we're just going to continue to like do what we do and, and what feels best for us, like whether it's writing or performing. And then wherever that goes, we'll be fine with it. Um, like going into something with, with no expectation, just knowing that, uh, I can trust the now like three permanent members with me, in this band to do the things that they've always done that have worked and, and that have, um, you know, felt right. Right. And then, you know, like tried not to worry about, uh, too much of what other people think. And then hopefully, you know, the people that'll get it will latch onto it and, you know do what they want with him. right
0: well you say you talk about the other permanent members of your band And like haven't you known tyler and ralph like since you were a little kid, too Yeah, like, were they around in the 12
1: year old days? Yep. Uh, I met tyler uh, a little bit after I met ralph, but um It's kind of funny Uh Our first rhythm guitarist's name was jacob Prest, and jacob and I have known each other since we were born Like our parents were friends um, we, there there was never really a time where I didn't know Jacob. Um, he was always just part of my consciousness. So when we started growing up, we did, we, we never went to the same school, um, until later on in life. But, uh, he met Ralph because he was going to, to school with Ralph. And then, you know, I'm starting to go to all these shows and take Jacob and he's liking it and all this stuff. Um, and so I started talking about you know like, I I see these guys doing this stuff I I, I want to start playing music but I, I can't play an instrument so I want to scream like I just, right um so he started talking to Ralphie who had played um, I think Ralph's played bass since he was like nine or ten um just like taking lessons at the time mm-hmm. um and then so he Jacob talked to Ralph and was like you know i have this friend he wants to start a band blah blah, blah. you want to come over and just jam so like and how old are you at this point probably 13 years old yeah yeah uh and and so ralph came over to my house and you know started just practicing in our garage and uh like slowly a friendship started to form there and uh ralph had been you know, going to school with Tyler and knew that Tyler wanted to start something too. all this stuff. I knew of Tyler just roundabout because he was a, a year older than me. So I, you like, he was going to the same church, same youth groups, but he had already like moved up to the high school group. I was still in the middle school groups, whatever, uh, when I met him. So, he was trying to start a band. We were trying to start a band and then we kind of just like merged our two bands. And that became our first one um, where we actually started playing shows.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you were 13. 14.
1: Yeah. Probably, probably, uh, closer to like 14, 15 What at were this you guys time. called? The betrayal. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, we, uh, we had, <laughs> you know, like very biblical undertones re, 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 there. I like this. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so we had like, um, like the typical kid band scenario where we had, you know, a guitarist, but then we had a keyboardist and two screamers and all this different stuff. And none of us really knew how to play our instruments yeah. except maybe Ralph and Tyler. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, and Shad, our first drummer in, in, being as an ocean was actually in that band too. And that's when we met him. So like we, we had all kind of grown up with each other, just playing music in different bands, trying different things. Um, after that band, we had another, um, you know, local San Diego band that, that lived for a while. And then we all, you know, became adults. Yep. And we're like, you know, kind of just want to like sever, this tie to childhood and try something, you know, for our first stab at a real. So how long did the betrayal last? The betrayal lasted like through high school kind of, uh, even less. It, it, It was like, um, the betrayal probably lasted about two years. Uh, and then we started a band called Vanguard and that lived, uh, until the time I was about, Eighteen. Yep. Eighteen years old. Nineteen years old maybe. Um and and that was cool. We we played awesome shows in San Diego and we were really, you know, excited about it. Oh, the spider's, the spider's back. back. The spider is back, everyone. And he's I wish they we could well, where'd he go? Uh oh. Oh, he's he's still here. Okay, good. Yeah. He's right above Shane's I'm the one I'm the one
0: saying I'm not scared of spiders <laughs> and then I'm like where'd he go? Where'd he go? <laughs>
1: he's he's again retreating back up the web
0: now i'm also drinking a very lovely drink called a schwip Schwap right schwip now Schwab. schwip Schwab, which is uh <laughs> cola and orange which you think might be something special it's literally just coke and orange phantom mixed together
1: cool there Anyways, you go you got a sparkling water or a regular uh going with the uh on natural there can't isn't Can, it amazing here how they just love their sparkling water all the time middle yeah. Why do they want to drink that all the time? I don't know. I think it might just be a cultural thing. Uh anyone German listening to this podcast could probably let us know.
0: They'll every time uh, I ask a German they just say I think it's nice.
1: <laughs> I think I think it tastes better. Well, all right, okay, yeah. Sure. It's fine. It's kind of like drinking a soda without drinking a soda. Yeah. yeah you're getting the the bubbles, you know? I guess.
0: Yeah. I'm drinking the bubbles all the time. I just feel like <laughs> that can't be good for you. You
1: get a, you know, I always feel myself be gassy. Yeah, yeah, you know, then like we're on stage and we're burping and stuff. It's just exactly. not a good look. Exactly.
0: I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. Anyways, back to the yeah. Back to the the big long story of of how you kind of got here. Mm. Um, so yeah. So then that's when you guys decided at some age we're gonna take this seriously and you guys just what you just bought a van basically. Yeah. We uh, and you were being as an ocean at this point when you first you kind of took your first stab at uh, being a touring band.
1: Right. We um we actually kind of just. You know, took the time to, <laughs> it was funny because all of our friends were so, like, pressuring us for about a year, like, what the hell's going on with your band? Like, when are you guys putting out new stuff? Um, and we were like, no, it's, like, this band's done, we're starting something different, right. like, we're just gonna keep quiet about it, we don't want anyone, you know, like, we we were kind of, you know, e- even if it was like who would hear, but we were all very, you know, secretive about it all. <laughs> so, right. so, um, we rented out, um, Tyler rented out a studio on park and market downtown in San Diego. So the little one bedroom studio apartment, um, and we spent the summer of 2011 recording there. Um, and, uh, you know, just, did our thing, wrote the whole Dear God album, um, recorded vocals at Tyler's house in his upstairs closet, all this good stuff, sent it out, uh, to Brian hood to be mixed and mastered. And then we, uh, actually, you know, Tyler's girlfriend at the time, uh, had started, you know, doing photography and, and videography and stuff like this. So we went out, um, thank God San Diego has a bunch of beautiful places to shoot. Right. Uh, but we went out to sunset cliffs, shot the song, dear God, um, as a music video and, you know, kind of just waited. And then we set up a a DIY tour, um, through connections that we had gotten through Daniel Wand of capsize Mm -hmm. because they had already been, um, you know, like out and doing DIY touring, um, with an earlier lineup uh, and Matt Fitzpatrick from iron lung. Of course. Uh, literally yeah. wearing a Myron <laughs> yeah, Lung shirt right are. now. This is, it's awesome. It's full circle. Um, cause Matt, uh, is, is from near where we live. And so we had all these little, you know, DIY connections. Yeah. So, so we were playing, you know, wherever we could, little church halls, like community centers, VFWs, everything, anything that would have us basically. Um, just let us, you know, set up a table for merch. Sure. Um and and so we set out on this very ambitious uh like Oh, well, no, that was that was our third tour we did. Uh the first tour was a couple weeks long up and down the west coast. Um and the day we left f- to play our first show in Las Vegas, we, we never even played a local show before that. Really? Uh, yeah. We just, we knew that if we were going to be a touring band, we had to start playing on tour. And so we scheduled our so first your show. Your first
0: show was in Las Vegas.
1: January 3rd, 2012, <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And wild. We sat in the van for about, I don't know, four hours maybe outside of our drummer's. Uh, house while dear God uploaded to YouTube, and then once it finally uploaded, we drove out to Las Vegas, play the first show. It's crazy. So like, um, because you guys have this like interesting, like I, I
0: I won't stop you before when you're talking, but the story is mm. compelling. Like when you were talking about Tyler, like you just made a record and rented it in a bedroom apartment and recorded it, and like I'm just thinking to myself, like how the fuck do a bunch of twenty year old kids. That have never really
1: been in a serious band before. Yeah. How do they know how to do that? Tyler had always done our uh, our recording at production. So he's just a bit of a nerd with that stuff. Like re- totally. literally, right
0: now in the dressing room, he's like doing something on Logic with headphones yeah. on. Literally, yeah. right now. Yeah. So that's he's, just that's just him, I guess.
1: It is. Yeah. Because
0: uh, seeing seeing that, I'm just like, I think thinking about that, I'm like, how do you just do that? And then how do you just know like, like that's crazy to me to 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 do that? You know, like yeah, Spider's back. Like you guys had. Just did let it bite you support? and maybe you become maybe. Spider-Man. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Um, no, but um, how did you guys afford to do this? Did you guys have... Were you guys working? Did you guys just have, like, parents that you could borrow money from? or oh, like
1: definitely. We all had our, like, full-time jobs. Yeah. Um, I left high school early because I was like, fuck this, I need to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very, very antsy um, as a student <laughs> my senior year. So I... I I graduated high school about six months earlier than everyone else uh, and had been working. I worked at Starbucks for about six years Mm -hmm. Um, from the time I turned 16, literally could go out and find a job. Uh, I went to Starbucks, got my first job, worked there, saving up as much money as I possibly could. Um, You know, trying to spend a little bit of money on like going to community college, really realizing it was just, just, not for you, not for me. I won't say a waste of time because yeah. it's not. Well, that's the thing. You have to be careful too.
0: Like a person in your position, right? Being the, I keep going back to the Bradley Hathaway, you know. But like, sure. you know, you can be impressionable to people. Mm. So saying like, high school is a waste of time, college is a waste of time. Like, you got to be a bit careful with that stuff. No, of course, because it's not a waste of, of time for everybody. No, and there's definitely people that need it that f- that needed <laughs> a that lot of people function that need well it. in it yes um that can be successful and can absolutely and can live an uplifting life of course
1: yes and yeah. I, i'm jealous of those people because like sure. I, I wish i had um and i i guess i'll just chalk it up you know to you know i wish i had the patience of um, right in in that situ- situation in which i was like okay i'll I'll just be patient and and you know just bite the bullet. Uh, you know, sit in the class and do my two years getting associates and then go do this thing. But I, I kind of was just always, you know, um, driven, excuse me, driven towards something else. And, uh, I I guess I always think about the cartoon. I'm sure you've seen it. It's pretty, it's pretty popular, but, um, it's like a row of, of different kinds of animals. You know, there's like an elephant, there's a monkey, there's, uh, you know, a bird, all these different things. And then there's a, a tree and someone telling all of them, Hey, go climb that tree. Like some's not, some people aren't going to be good at, you know, where they are in their life or equipped enough, um, to, to do that thing. Exactly. And and, no, I haven't seen that before. That's, I like that though. Yeah. So that, that was kind of just like a, a parody on standardized testing. Exactly. So, um, All that aside, chose to just work and we had, you know, always taken it very seriously, like X amount of dollars from every member every month in the band bank account. Cool. So, and, um, you know, in the beginning, uh, a little bit about Tyler is Tyler was the kid who, you know, was studious and, you know, all the while, while we were playing, you know, local shows, things like that. He was going to school in places like Stanford. He was going to school in places like university of Chicago and flying to play a Soma show. Crazy. Yeah. So this is like, um, and he was all the while tutoring people making money that way, um, to kind of just like whenever we needed it, do little bank rolls, uh, for the band. Right. So like huge appreciation and shout out to Tyler, for that. Um, yeah. So not only, um, is was Tyler, you know, extremely studious, he he graduated from the university of Chicago with a degree in, uh, mathematics and quantum mechanics. Yeah. So smart guy. Yeah. Uh, and so he's always been very tech savvy, very creative and musical, and that all kind of just like coalesced in what he is now. Right. Um, and so there's a great example of of it working of out. Of it working out. Yeah. Totally.
0: Of being, you know, do getting getting good grades in school being important and being able Absolutely. to to be, you know, to be a very successful musician mm-hmm. and, and to very talented musician. Yeah, that's amazing. Um yeah, so that, I guess that's that's kind of a cool thing that in your in your band you have this this guy that's sort of smart and put together, kind of, you know, and... and
1: Oh, he's always been our right, suit.
0: Right, yes. Yeah. And then there's you, who is just sort of this ball of aggression, <laughs> you know? And then you have Michael, too, which is a whole, you know, other... You know, you guys have a lot going on. Sure. Um, you now, you know, if anyone hasn't seen Being is an Ocean, listen to this, you got to check him out. And, you know, you mentioned about going in the crowd a lot. Yeah. Um, That's something you've always done. Mm-hmm. Is that? Do you ever have you ever played a show where they've said you can't go in the crowd? Has that ever
1: happened? Um, Like you have to stay on the stage. I feel like if they had, I would have remembered it. So no. So I don't. I don't think so. I I think you must um, have been yelled at though. Totally. Oh my god. Yes. I've been like uh, kicked out of venues. You know, like climbing on stuff, and you know. Like I know I I I try to be smart about my antics, you know. Yeah. I, I try not to climb on like sprinkler heads and like water <laughs> mains that are uh, lining <laughs> the roof or anything like that, but sure. you know just like hanging from a rafter and and security trying to like rip me down from it and all this stuff. So like that's happened. Um I I mean, I've been shouted at like so many times for, you know, breaking, you know, my cables, all this different stuff. All the all the little things that happen. Yeah. When do something that. Have extra you guys like been that. banned from any venues? Uh yeah. <laughs> 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 We've been banned from um uh San Diego House of Blues. Um, oh yeah. Because we played the small room and uh if anyone's been there, they know that there's a giant chandelier oh. that hangs in in the in the that I've room. In small room, I don't think. And basically like the craziest thing I did all night was there's there's like a little Wall that separates where you store Gear yeah in the crowd yeah I just climbed the wall you know did my normal Thing you know jumped in the crowd Whatever um, But I think the whole energy of the Show was really ramping up um, like Security just didn't uh, they at one Point in the show I think they kind Of just like backed off and put their Hands up and were like whatever Happens it's on them Um, but yeah. Someone got up on the same wall and jumped to the chandelier oh. and was, and actually like hung on the chandelier and was uh, like swinging. So, so it wasn't even you. It wasn't even me. It was just kind of us. Yeah. I guess uh, the whole yeah. energy. Yeah. Um, because you know, w- within reason we, we try to encourage freedom in our shows. Sure. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I don't think we will be playing, uh, a House of Blues show in San Diego for okay. a long time. Okay. Um, uh, what Was my next next part of the question? Oh yeah. Uh, part two, of the
0: question is: Have you ever been on tour with a band and had like the headlining band be like, um, "Hey, you guys are like upstaging us" or anything like that? Being like, because I've had that happen before. Well, I was really? told I was told I wasn't allowed to go in the crowd or go on the like on the barricade or whatever. Climb the barricade, I was told before I was not allowed. Yeah. Uh, I won't say what band, but. Okay, Do you have you ever, ever had that happen?
1: No, you know, I've been very, uh, obviously very grateful, um, that because, uh, I, yeah. I mean, it, it can happen. And, yeah. um, like I'm very grateful that we've been able to tour with bands that, you know, kind of just dig that it. Are cool. Yeah. In, instead of, instead of, uh, you know, feeling like they should stop me. There's doing some kind of competition or, or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah. yeah. And, right. And like, that's been like the quiet blessing of our band i think yep. and and the bands we've gotten to tour with is that they they're very few egos yeah and, and like i love that because you know i like we've, we've been around long enough to see the egos right and, and and go oh my god if i was on tour with that for a month i don't know what i'd right. do you know so yeah just very very um, grateful that that no one's absolutely know, tried tried to you know stop me from doing whatever I want.
0: Yeah. We took
1: it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become senwa saga hellblade 2 play it now with game pass
0: are there ever shows too though where you you get out there and maybe you're not having the best day or you're sick you're tired and you're just like they're gonna expect me to be you know Mm. joel in the crowd and like you know what, tonight I'm gonna be a little more chill. <laughs> there have Does been there no ever shows. and then you're like kinda like, fuck, this is like like you've pigeonholed yourself into having to be <laughs> this guy.
1: Sure. Does that go ever happen to you? Uh there are there are nights where like you said, it'll be like I'll be sick or just not feeling it, um, for myself. Yeah. And uh and I've kind of, you know, tamed it down, like toned it back, um, not been out in the crowd too much. Um, try to do little things here and there, uh, to, to make up for it. But, um, and you know, sometimes it's noticed, sometimes it's, it's not. And, and yeah. I think, uh, I think it reflects that I I know that if I'm down in the crowd and I'm sick and I'm just not having it, like I don't want me putting myself in the crowd to make myself upset or sure or like frustrated right so um i don't want to put that on people no so um yeah i just try to be mindful of of my headspace where i'm at how i'm feeling um and then yeah i always kind of we're all our our own worst critic and i can beat myself up you know after the show but you know those are uh those are fairly far between. Yeah, so. yeah. You ever get hurt yeah. in the crowd? Like people just kind of like, you
0: know, you're a pretty big dude, I guess. Sure. I'm a little dude. If I go in the crowd, I I can get squashed pretty easily. <laughs> um, but you know, just like somebody not trying to hurt you, i mean, just right. Just swinging like excited, and someone swims swings an arm mm-hmm. and catches you. You know, oh yeah, upside of the head. Has
1: that happened to you? Totally gotten the mic. You know, micro to the mouth. Yeah, like, bloody mouth. Uh, you know, like. Uh, any show, any show, um, canceling injuries? No, thank God. Oh, wow. Yeah. You've uh, been very lucky. Yeah. Super lucky. Um, the only, the only like real kind of, uh, inhibiting things have, have just been like my ankles, like it sounds so lame, but you know, like, uh, getting caught up in a crowd, uh, like just twisting, just your ankle. twisting it super yeah. bad and like having someone step on it, like while it's twisting and all that stuff. Um, and that's happened a few times. Eh, I get over it, but, um, yeah, I've, uh, you know, thank God, nothing, no bones broken or, yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Just, uh, little bang ups here and there. That's good,
0: man. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, okay. You guys recently signed to equal vision. Yeah. Great label. I love them. Um, love Dan. One of my, he's fav- the man, one of my favorite people. God, he's we just actually- like a Buddha. He's, yeah, he's just, a, I mean, he's a Red Sox fan, whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> but he's a sweetheart. And actually, a lot yeah. of people don't know this, but, but before Silverstein signed with Hopeless, we were actually very close to signing with Equal Vision. Oh, wow, cool. And they are one of my favorite, like as a kid, they had all mm. my favorite bands. Totally. You know, yep. with like Converge and Saves Tau-heed. the Day and... Yeah, like yeah. they had everybody. is awesome. Yeah, so how did that come about? Um, I guess you guys finished up your deal with in vogue and mm-hmm. and now you're on equal vision and what's the plan there? You guys have a record. I s- Expect to come out. That's probably what Tyler's doing in there. Yep. Uh,
1: we're writing it currently uh, We since we just put out dissolve we uh, You know wanted to to make sure we we didn't give people something and then just have this long hiatus uh, so yeah, the last couple records were pretty quick, weren't they? Very, yeah. um, very quick. Uh, I mean like between the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, about a, about a year between yeah. each release, um, which we are not going to be doing. Uh, let me reiterate, not going to be doing ever again. Uh, <laughs> not, not because, um, we felt that, you know, the record suffered in any way cause we love all of our music, you know, I, I, I'm i very proud of every single album. But we just know that the longer we allow ourselves to be creative, there are things that we, you know, will come about that couldn't have in a year. Um, yeah, I totally get that. Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean, not to mention, like, you want to support... Like you want to get the music that you love that you made. Yeah. You need to be able to go out on tour and share it with people yep. and you need to promote it properly. Mm-hmm. And I think a year to not only do that, but also write and record a new record and put it out. Dude. It's
1: just not enough time. No, not at all. No. So, um, and uh, I think that's kind of something we learned a bit with the last one our Self titled that we released right before Warp Tour. Um, I was talking to someone the other day and they were, you know, talking heavily about the first two albums. And, and um, and he's like, When are you gonna come out with something new? And I was like, Well, we just released uh, you know, a single, but um, if you haven't heard our our like third album, he's like, You have a third album? And I didn't even know, self titled, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, like, you just, just wait, things quick. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's way too quick, Total. it's crazy. Wow! Yeah, no, that's that's not. So you guys are working on it now, writing it now. Yep. And any idea of when you're going to record it and when it's going to come out?
1: It. Uh, we have uh, another single um, being mixed and mastered right now. Yep. Uh, and then we have uh, another song coming out very very soon. Uh, and then the scheduled release for the new album is like early next year. Perfect. Yeah
0: perfect that should be great that should be great and you guys um i assume you guys i mean you guys are pretty much the kind of band correct me if i'm wrong but you're pretty much either writing recording or touring yes (laughs) um do you guys ever take any time just to be like hey we're gonna chill for like a few months or not really
1: well um i think the longest time we had to just hang out this last year uh was probably about a month and a half bordering on two months. Yeah. Um, and that was awesome. But I think what we've kind of just gone into these first five years, uh, as a band knowing was that like, it's going to be work. Sure. Like, um, so we kind of just like clicked into that mindset and just never stopped. (laughs) So like, um, we, uh, even on that, long break we kind of all came back and I, and I know i see ralph a lot when i'm home tyler's living in paris now yeah so he's <clears throat> uh he's a bit scarce but ralph and i you know see each other three four times a week um when we're home so we talk all the time and we're just like man I just, i'm just getting restless so <laughs> go back out right <laughs> you know, right like,
0: you're like remember that time we were in lindau and we went <laughs> swimming in the lake you know sure things like that that come up and and Yes, yeah, so you get a little stir crazy at home, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah,
1: right? and, and and you know, I'm, I'm sure you can relate. It's just like the whole ebb and flow of touring and in your day, you know, um, yep. the the relaxing, you know, parts of the day mixed in with insane amounts of action and adrenaline and all this different stuff mixed in in your night, uh, getting you all hopped up, like. And, and when, when that's gone and, uh, you know, 9.30 p.m. hits and you're at home, I know I, like, even if I'm by myself, I'm, like, tapping my leg. I'm, like, looking around, like, I, like, I got to be somewhere. Like, what, what's right. going on? You know, um, uh, it might be, like. It's interesting. That's, yeah. that's
0: something that I don't think we have talked too much about on this, on this podcast. Like it's almost how- like shell shock. yeah I mean yeah I I don't know what that is it's just like you're you you're almost like addicted to this Mm. this feeling of going on stage and performing and then like all of a sudden because like for Silverstein we've had like the last three months off I've like literally been sitting in my apartment by myself yeah um you're right man Mm. like when that isn't there you're so used to doing it and then it's just gone yeah you just you get you get a little stir crazy and Mm. um
1: I deal with that a lot (laughs) yeah yeah uh,
0: We talk about lyrics quite a bit on this um, podcast, but Mm -hmm. not as much as I would like to. Sure. And it's funny because as a singer, like, you know, I'm a guitar player first. Mm. So I started playing guitar. I never really was interested in singing. Sure. And I kind of did it just because I was the only one that could kind of carry a tune. And then, Mm -hmm. So for me, like, I'd say even now, like, lyrics is down on the totem pole of, like, my favorite parts of being in a band. Mm Mm-hmm writing lyrics and I feel like for you and I could be wrong. It's more of the top yeah. for you. Yeah. And totally. part of it is because, you know, what inspired you was a spoken word artist, right? Yeah. You yeah. Exactly. What inspired me was like, you know, Kirk Hammett playing a sick solo, right? You know, so we come from different walks of life, but sure. for me actually over the last, I'm going to say five years, maybe five, six years, mm-hmm. I've felt like I got a lot better at writing lyrics and I started enjoying it a lot more. Sure. And, um, I think lyrics in your band are probably the most important part of the band. Mm. And I'm sure that, that you feel they're the most important part of your job of the band. Yeah. So I just want to get your take on how you approach it and just kind of where do you come up with what you come up with and how do you try to express that?
1: Sure. Um, well, I think what like my emphasis on lyrics kind of just spawned from – because it wasn't always that way um, – I always tried to be creative um, in our earlier bands and things like that. And, you know, I I was, you know, quite ambitious towards writing um, lyrics that I thought were, were interesting and, or compelling in in some way. Um, But it wasn't until I was, you know, in high school, um, my, it was my sophomore year and my English teacher, um, had been grading, you know, we were meant to write poems yeah. And, and she, I never really did the, the poetry thing. I, I kind of just, um, a lot of the stuff I'd written before was, was very, uh, um, kind of just free versey. Uh, mm-hmm. I like, it was funny thinking back it's like I really kind of just despise rhyming. It's <laughs> like yeah um for whatever reason uh and then, It could be cheesy. Sure. You know? Yeah, and yeah. and the
0: problem with rhyming and, and like I've taught a couple songwriting courses and stuff. Mm-hmm. The problem with rhyming is if you try to use especially like perfect rhymes, yeah, like cheese and sneeze you know, and cheese sneeze. and sneeze and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Then what happens is instead of you writing the song, the song yeah. starts to write you.
1: Right. Oh, it's totally. And then all of
0: a sudden, it's like, why totally am I true. rhyming these words? That, like, you get a great first line, right? And then by the end of the the four line verse or whatever, you're like this isn't even what I wanted to write anymore. Right. So I, 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 like that you say despise rhyming cause I totally agree with you. Yeah.
1: And, and so, um, I, you know, I tried my hand at, um, you know, poetry, uh, and my teacher just kind of like give me really awesome feedback. Wow. And, and, um, I actually just saw her recently in San Diego <clears throat> And stopped her. Oh, she was at a Starbucks. I stopped her. I was like, I have to say, you know, like, it's so good to see you. Like, I've been wanting to tell you this for years. Did like, you, like,
0: you You haven't seen her since high school? No. So you got this beard and tattoos. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, who is this
1: guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she, she, uh, I just picture that. She's sweet. Um, mm-hmm. She actually stayed pretty up on us um, through another friend of mine. Oh, cool. Who, um, is actually student teaching at my high school that we went to high school um, at right now. So like through all these different connections, she, she didn't lose, uh, you know, too much track of me. Um, and she just knew what I was about. So I, I was talking to her and I was just like, I have to share this with you. You know, like I do this thing now because you gave me the courage to try. Like, you gave me the courage to try and continue expressing myself through you know, poetry, lyrics, writing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously she was very humble and grateful for it. Um, we had a nice chat. But that was the big turning point. Is like someone in academia yeah. saying... You're not half bad, you know right like, um,
0: it's funny because our
1: whole conversation before about oh totally yeah. school not being
0: yeah. something you could do,
1: and but it turns out it was important, oh yeah, you know oh, and, and and school was all, always important to me, um, I guess it was it was me uh, daydreaming yeah in in a, a lower or a, a, like a, a community college classroom that that kind of like uh gummed up my works I guess but I was always a very ambitious student in in high school and in you know it was like a's b's c's mm-hmm. um so I, I I always tried to do my best and um this is the only reason I was able to graduate early and right. so like um yeah very very important to me um but it was it was her Inspiring me, it was good teachers, yeah, that, that made me love to learn certain things, and um, yeah, that just stuck with me, really, really just did and so your
0: approach to lyric writing now, I mean like like is there any that you do, or is it is it like you kind of just sort of reverse it now
1: like is there, there is every song different? do you have a similar approach yeah, I think every song is a bit different um, I you know, I've embraced my rhyme. I've, I've embraced, um, to an extent. Yeah. You know, obviously, there's overkill. Um, but I've, I've tried to in in both lyrics and, uh, you know, other writings that I've done and do. Not not limit myself too much, and and like you said, don't, not let the material write me. Yes. Um, and just try to be honest with myself. It's like what the majority of being as an ocean's lyrics are about me and, and my life dealing with my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, life's not perfect. We all have feelings, all that good stuff. Most of the lyrics are about me trying to, you know, get a handle on the things that are happening around me. Um, and in, inside my own head, um, cause I'm like that a lot as well. Uh, I live very much in my own head, and I think uh, that's always just been my escape—is you know, spitting it out on a piece of paper. Um, and and so I think for like moving forward, at least with the lyrics in this band, um, I, I'm wanting to open it up, and you know. I'm sick of talking about myself. <laughs> it's like right. so we're actually you know starting to be more collaborative. Each member is going to write a song, like write oh, lyrics. Yeah? Mm-hmm, that's something new we're going to start doing um with this album and and just see where see where it takes us. Uh but as far as myself goes, just try and delve into different things, you know, um going back to you know like writing free form and and free verse and you know i've been writing uh a short story oh yeah doing yeah doing little things like that are you gonna try to publish uh, it absolutely yeah uh, if i you know get my ass in gear and finish yeah um, it's, it's not a, easy i've I've sure. done a little
0: bit of that and i always just kind of flake out because it is yeah. a, like way more work sure yeah. You know, than writing a song. I mean, I, I sit there on my couch struggling to write one line. Like mm. uh, writing an entire. I mean, even just a short story is. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of
1: so you know, words to put on a paper piece of paper. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, trying to just continue to go back to uh, you know the things like you brought up. You know, inspiring uh, or like influences that I've had over the years. Yeah. Uh, you know, like going back to the, to those things and, and really kind of like trying to listen to them again with a fresh ear and say like, what makes this so great to me? And you know, how can I kind of implement that in my own life? Whether, right. whether it's, um, you know, a certain like structure or, you know, a different idea, or you know, like a way the singer related to himself or herself. Yeah. Um, like all that, trying to push myself forward to become better. Do you find uh, now that Bigg's notion has such a
0: rabid fan base, and people are so you know telling, coming up to you every day and telling you how much their lyrics, your, your lyrics, mean to them. Mm. Does that ever change your approach in how you write them, or does it almost solidify the fact that you are doing it right and you need mm. to keep doing
1: it the same way? It's definitely a mix. It, it's. I, I think the word that comes most to mind is responsibility. Mm-hmm. B- being responsible with the words I choose to to say and do and, and uh, like write, um, and uh, because you know, where it was just me trying to deal with my own stuff. Um, now I, as much as we try to, you know, forget it and, and like block it all out while we're writing and and stuff. Um, you know, there are impressionable kids, you know, taking this stuff in. Yes. And, uh, you know, I see more and more, um, you know, as we continue touring and, and, do all these different things, seeing artists not being responsible with their words and, you know, seeing young, young kids singing it right back to them. And I'm like, that's, that's in their heads. It's on their hearts. Like, does that make the world better? (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, of course I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So, Uh, right. That's, that's the little, that's the half responsibility. And then, um, the other thing is honesty. And I know, I know, you know, when like we can see right through something when it's dishonest, um, when it's forced. And that's, that's the other, I think major pressure is continuing to be honest and real and scare myself a little bit with, with what I'm writing Um, so that I stay true to myself because
0: everyone's going to
1: see right through it if I vary.
0: Well, that goes all the way back around to being as an ocean, being this band, you know, winning the alternative press award (laughs) for best underground band, which, you know, is just such a funny thing. But at the same time, I think you guys are able to grow. You guys are able to do different tours, that you probably wouldn't... You know, like, you guys would probably... like You guys would do, like, a Rise Against tour. Yeah. Or you guys would do... Like, you guys do do a tour with, like, a big band like that. Sure. And it would be great for you guys, but a lot of people that listen to your band would be like, oh, like, now my favorite oh, band isn't going to so be... Right. Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, if you can be honest about the words you're writing and the lyrics, you know, because people will see through it. And as long right. as it's honest, then I think the trajectory of whatever you guys choose to do will be great Mm. and i think that that's the real difference between a band that gets bigger and a band that sells out sure because people want to use those words interchangeably Mm -hmm. and then it's not true so yeah i that's my thank you man i don't know what you think you say you don't think about it very much
1: i try not to I, i i really don't like uh i try to just live every single day right where i am right play the fucking show like where, even if even
0: if it's your face on a giant video screen that says like <laughs> Coca Cola above it, because you know at some of these these European festivals oh, that's what happens. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, I'm what? on TV. This is weird. Yeah, <laughs> totally.
1: Um, and and taking um, you know like like you said, uh, just not only living consistently, um, you know, around your friends, but living consistently around everyone. Um, and I think I think that says a lot um, to our guys. And the only reason I've stayed such good friends and in bands with these people is yeah. because I've been there through all of it, and they've always been Ralph. They've always been Tyler. Yep. You know. Um, now Mike's always been Mike. Like I I don't have to wake up in the morning and worry, you know, how they're going to treat me or how they're going to treat everyone else. Like. It's just who they are. Yeah. And, and I think uh, whether you're that with Rise Against or you're that with, you know, trash talk. Right. Like, that's the important part, is 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 being authentic. I
0: agree. I agree. And to quote um, Suicidal Tendencies. Hell yeah. Uh, they said one time I saw this on, I was a little kid watching, you know, much music, Canadian MTV. And they were like, some people say, you know, Bands get bigger and they change, you know. They get into uh, bad stuff like like women and drugs. We've always been into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we've always been into women and drugs. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though, right? No, how, it's like, great. How, uh, and like it's there's, totally there's that a whole quote. thing about, oh, oh, man, you've changed, man. It's like, I don't really think people change. I think yeah. people are just... Some people just become oh, a caricature of themselves. Sure. Yeah, if <coughs> you're, you know... That kind of person, that's like, mm. you know, d- women and drugs and all that shit. Then mm. when you get more ability to do that, yeah. you're going to do more of it, sure. But at the same time, if you're not that person, you can be even more humble. Yeah, sure. <laughs> even more grounded. <laughs> yeah. It's like
1: um, <laughs>
0: I don't know how to I don't know how the analogy works the other way, but right. Um, but I really do th- do believe that that I don't think people people change all that much. And I think... I, I don't think people become shitty people overnight because no. they become famous or popular or get money or whatever.
1: Sure. And, and I think it, it uh, it's kind of funny when those things are said, too, because you got to look at the people who are saying them. Like, most of the time, it's people who are, are, are completely outside of not only, like, your tiny world of friends... Yeah. Or your... Um, you know, maybe a little bit bigger world of of people you work with, people you tour right. with, all this different stuff. It's coming from people who are completely on the outskirts of your life looking in. Yeah. And and you know, making this overarching statement about you and your being and your person, like, when they really have nothing to say to it. Um Yeah, you know, like, if Ralphie goes to me one day dude you fucking changed (laughs) i need i need to fix my shit right i need i need to like back backtrack and realize where i went went wrong because ralph's been my best friend or one of my best friends you know since i was a kid right um now if, if some kid you know youtube account <laughs> like says something yeah. on our new, our new music video that we've changed and that you know we're sellouts and all this different stuff and they don't even you know like take a chance on a show sure it's like i love you guy but your opinion doesn't it's, it's not founded <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> grounded in any way in any sort of truth you know it's just your fantasy opinion it's just like your opinion man that's right. No,
0: man, I, I totally get what you're saying, and that's uh, that's great. Well, hey, I don't want to take too much of your time. I think we got dinner to eat. Maybe, yeah. Probably, probably time. Thank you for I'm your lovely time. Lovely sitting here Jane. with you, though, man. Oh, oh, well, cheers, it's, brother. My time is nothing, dude. <laughs> All I got is time. That's right. All we got but, is but time. But thank you,
1: appreciate dude, you. I appreciate you.
0: So there it is. My conversation with Joel of being as an ocean, just a great guy, and it was so nice to run into him, you know, randomly in Lindau, Germany. Uh, which is one of Europe's best-kept secrets for sure. Thank you so, so much. If you like this episode, remember, we got 34 episodes kind of similar to it. So go back, check out some of the old episodes. And also, if you really like the show, if you can write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars, write some nice words, that would also help us out a lot. As always, we'll be back next Monday with a brand-new episode. And thanks again so much. I'm going to leave you with this brand-new Being as an Ocean song. This is called Dissolve on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. The wind
1: carries home. The tin cans recycle there, and the minstrels roam. Sleeves. we held them high so we could watch them bleed, held them high so you could watch them bleed, held them high so they could watch them bleed.